Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Real Deal Podcast. No limits on genre, time periods, or subject matter. The Real Deal is a conversation of all things film. We're your hosts, Olivia B. And Joseph Z. Thank you so much for tuning in. On this episode of The Real Deal, we'll be breaking down probably the most talked about movie of 2020, Parasite. So to start off, we have to address the Oscars because Parasite completely stole the show and ended up making history in the process. They won four Oscars, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nominated for six, I think. Nominated for six. They lost, I think it was... Set design, right? Yeah, set, yeah, design set, set design. And um, actually, won all of these. I don't know the other ones. Yeah. But yeah. This, this year's Oscars were quite interesting. I was I was surprised to see what we had up there. There's some good options. Um, do you want to start with just going through what uh, movies Parasite was nominated for? What movies it was nominated for? Or, oh, <laughs> sorry. What awards it was nominated for? <laughs> I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> So it won Best Picture, won Best Screenplay, won Best Director, and Best Foreign Language Film. Yeah. Yeah. And I I feel like there were a lot of, within each category, there were a lot of movies nominated for each. Yeah. Compared to last year. Did you notice that? Like a lot of nominations? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can see in the, I'm, I'm looking at the production design, there's one, two, three, four, five, six movies nominated. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of, this year there's a lot of good ones. Let's start with um, Director. Director, yeah. Did which you Parasite think, did win. Did, wait a minute. Did you watch it before or after the Oscars? Because I watched it after, so that completely. I watched it before. You watched it before. Yeah. Okay, so this will be much more telling for you. <laughs> yeah. I suppose. Uh, did you think that he was going to win Best Director? I wanted, I wanted Parasite to win um, very badly for Picture and Director. I didn't think it was going to happen at all. I didn't think they were going to give it. To, I didn't think that they were going to go that route. I didn't think that that was going to happen. I thought it was going to be uh, 1917 or uh, maybe Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I thought they were going to give it to one of them because it just like yeah. you know the Oscars. They just it seemed more like down their lane. But I was hoping. I was like, please give you know give the foreign film a chance because it's it's the first one to to do this. It's the first right. foreign film to win Best Picture, um, and I. I'm really glad for that. I'm really glad that they were they they took that that chance and and, and did that. Yeah, I, I also thought that 1917 or Sam Mendes specifically was mm. going to win for best director. Oh, but yeah. Quentin Tarantino, I'm pretty sure, won the Golden Globe. So I mm. also kind of felt like he they were going to give it to him. Yeah. And it didn't end up working out that way. But he, who, in his speech for best director, I'm pretty sure he points to Quentin Tarantino and says, you know, thank you so much for mm-hmm. you, you on your I think Quentin Tarantino releases a list of his favorite movies every year, mm. and I guess he always puts um, one of Bong Joon-ho's movies on his list, and he said, thank you so much, because yeah. you're like the only one that did that for me. He paid a lot of respect to him. Yeah, and to Martin Scorsese. He, yes. he he recited a quote um, from Martin Scorsese, which mm. was really nice, and everyone stood up and started clapping. Mm-hmm. And then they also won, so Best Picture yep. also. Production which, design. Uh, it was nominated for it, but didn't win. Right. Um, which, which what ones? Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood won. So that was kind of a gimme. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. That, I mean, I love the production design in uh, Parasite. I thought it was super cool. I think it could have won that as well. But right. It, it, it does make sense. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is very, very well put together in terms of set design. The, the sets that they created the literal sets to be on the set for you know the movies were really cool the out the costume design um which i guess that's not 
that's a whole separate award. But the whole the whole aesthetic of that movie still, is really incredible. Yeah. Um, but still, for Parasite, did um, I think it, it it had a good shot of winning that award as well. Also, seeing him, Bong Joon Ho, the who ended up winning for best director and the director of Parasite, mm-hmm. his I think I said this to you before. Usually, when people win multiple awards in one night, their speech gets shorter and shorter and it's not yeah. that interesting his he got more charismatic as each time he won which mm-hmm. is tricky yeah because i mean he was very bashful about it and but he just i, I don't know it was he's great. it was great yeah he's great he was he was very fun to watch very um grateful very uh he didn't want to take it all for himself he was very like you know as, as you said he shouted out uh quentin tarantino and martin scorsese and he really for the for when he won Best Picture, the whole cast was up there. Right. Um, did he even speak for that? I don't. I don't think. Or he, I, I can't remember. But I. I what I do remember about that part was they started playing the music to get everyone off stage, mm-hmm. and then I remember the camera cutting to the front row where Tom Hanks was, and everyone was standing like, "Let them go, let them talk," <laughs> and then the lights went yeah. back on. Yeah. So every I think everyone in that room agreed that they deserved it. Yeah. You could just see it on everyone's face. Yes. Um, yes. I think there was probably. I, I bet even Tarantino. I bet even he was. Oh, of happy, course. Very yeah. happy. I not that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was a bad movie, but I do think that it was not. It didn't quite bring the excitement that um, Parasite did. And um, yeah, I'm really happy with the decision that they made. Screenplay, also it also won, which right. I thought was a little interesting. There's there's really some why good, do you think that. I, I really, I mean, obviously I thought Parasite, um, I think Parasite had had an incredible screenplay. I was kind of thinking that Knives Out would have won this. um, I didn't see Knives Out. Knives Out was a crazy movie. That was the, I think it was at the time of the Oscars, I hadn't Mm -hmm. seen Parasite, Knives Out, Two Popes, and Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Four. Four main ones. Yeah. I should have watched them. Okay. <laughs> I, I yeah, I think I'm in the sa- I was in the same boat. I did watch Jojo Rabbit after, um, but yeah, Knives Out was a really crazy screenplay. Right, the, everyone the, says the plot that. line of that movie was super intricate and super the you you go. It's like a, a mystery. Daniel Craig is the um, detective. Uh, I'm not going to go into the details of that movie. That's all we're here to talk that's about. Another episode. But that's another episode. I have a lot to say on Knives Out. Um, but that's the one award that I don't know. I think Parasite deserved it, but I think it was debatable for screenplay. Yeah, I remember like because I didn't I didn't watch Parasite before, yeah. so but I, I went home to go watch the Oscars with my mom, and she kept saying to me as each category came up, "Who do you think? Who do you think?" And I I would say, "Oh well, I haven't seen Parasite yet, but I do think I did think it was going to do well, even though I hadn't seen it because mm-hmm. the hype I was hearing about it, everyone was talking about it. Everyone's talking everyone. about it." Yeah. So I just, I, I would say, oh, no, I think 1917 won, but I haven't seen, I would always put that disclaimer <laughs> in every time she asked me, but I haven't seen Parasite yet, and I do think yeah. it's going to bring something home tonight. The Oscars are interesting. They 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 had me, you know, they definitely kind of, they have a style. It seems like the same kind of movies usually win, um, and I was very glad that Paris it, it was the first uh, South Korean film to receive an Academy Award recognition at all. Wow. Um, and the first film non-English to win Best Picture. Which, right. So, I mean, this is a really big moment for Oscar history, and I think it opens the doors to a lot of other film directors that um, haven't had this opportunity before. 
Yeah. Should we start breaking it down? What we the specifics? Yeah. Get into it. So, Let's get into it. so I think we should start with a summary for anyone listening. There are going to be spoilers. So if yes. you haven't seen the movie, then still listen to this. But <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe people, <laughs> people that like to spoil the movies for themselves before they watch it. Oh, I used to do that. I don't a like lot. that. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I have a lot of friends that will read a movie summary. And then go see the movie. I've done that before, though. My friends would yell at me in really? high school about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would have yelled at you. You're a big horror fan, and I'm not. I have. I'm not a horror fan. Oh, yet, so yeah. I you should read say. the horror film summaries. I would. That makes a little more sense. Yeah. But also, that totally ruins it. Oh well, that's the point. Because <laughs> I don't want to jump and get scared. But all right. Anyways, let's yeah. let's read this summary. If you summary. haven't seen the movie, tune out. <laughs> the summary we found, if you just type in Parasite, it's the main one that mm-hmm. is paired with the movie. It's one sentence, and it's not very telling, but we're going to say it anyway. So it's greed and class discrimination threaten the newly formed symbiotic relationship between the wealthy Park family and the destitute Kim clan. Mm-hmm. Do you want to elaborate more on that? It, it gives nothing. That. Yeah, it doesn't really give a lot. Um, pretty much a poor family, the Kim family, they don't have a lot of money. They're living in a very small... Uh, house that like a basement like a basement yeah yeah um and you can see from the the first scenes in their house they're struggling to get internet they um their job they, they're working a temporary job folding boxes folding pizza boxes folding pizza yeah. boxes um and anyways that, and then there's the park family yeah the park family is the is the wealthy family that um the one of the the son of the, the kim family gets a job in the house um of the park family of the park family um and pretty much he, they, they end up infiltrating this Park family by becoming their servants and and becoming getting getting jobs in their house without them the the Park family knowing that they are a family. It's tricky to like. It's I wish there was a explain. better summary yes. out there than us just. Yeah. But that's okay. That's a rough. So basically, <laughs> the the son of the Kim family yeah. becomes a tutor for the daughter of the Park family, mm-hmm. and he realizes. That the Park family has multiple jobs, like a driver, um, a driver, um, the the maid or like maid, the yeah. housekeeper. Uh, they're looking for an art teacher for their son, and so the son of the Kim family decides that he wants his family members to fill, fill those roles. roles, even though there are people already in those roles. So they decide the Kim family that they are going to somehow get all the people that are working for the Park family fired. Yeah. And they create these elaborate plans to get them fired. It's really clever. Yeah. It's really well done. Um, they, the, the things that they do. <laughs> right. Ridic- yeah. Ridiculous. Um, I, I would, I don't know how we even thought about this. Yeah. What did you think that this movie was about before you saw it? Oh, I had no clue. I had no idea. I mean, like all I had was Parasite, the the title. I don't think I even watched a trailer really. Right. Um. All I knew was that that was it was good. I, I, I couldn't. I knew that there was. A, my dad told me a little bit about it, but I really couldn't even tell you what I was thinking before going into it. When what, I, what were you thinking? When I heard Parasite, I thought sci-fi. Yeah. Just immediately. Uh, I, actually, yeah. I I think I did think that there was some sort of illness or some right. sort of. Def- like something was going to happen, some science fiction maybe, right? Um, which but, isn't the case. But then I looked up the cover art for it, mm-hmm. or what the DVD cover would be, I guess, yeah. if people still really bought DVDs. Um, and it's it, one of the main, the, the focal points of this movie is the Park family's house, mm-hmm. and that is what is shown on the cover art. And it's, I think it's 
like Mr. Kim, um, the son of the Kim family, and then also the Parks, the parents, Mm -hmm. and they're on the front cover, but their eyes are blacked out. Like they have black bars over their eyes. So then I, I had no idea, no idea right away. I still don't understand that. So is there a reason for that? I don't know. I, I'm trying. Maybe there's some sort of significance there. There's a lot of things in this movie that I still am trying to put pieces together about. Um, right. And we'll get into that. We'll get a little more into little that Little intricate yeah. details, details that, that the director yeah. put in. Maybe, I, maybe you can answer a, some of my questions. I have a quote you. from the director, though, mm-hmm. about the title that maybe will be telling of something. Mm-hmm. So he said, because the story is about the poor family infiltrating and creeping into the rich house, it seems very obvious that Parasite refers to the poor family. And I think that's why the marketing team was a little hesitant. But if you look at look at it the other way, you can say that the rich family, they're also parasites in terms of labor. They can't even wash dishes. They can't drive themselves. So they leech off the poor family's labor. So they're also parasites. Yeah. Right. I read that quote too. Okay. And that... That was cool. I like that. I didn't really think about it that way at all. I really did only have that one-dimensional look at it where the um, Kim family are the parasites because I also wrote down the definition of parasite, um, which helps an organism that lives in or on an organism of another species, its host, and benefits by driving nutrients of the other at the other's expense. Right. Um, which there's a that that kind of made it a little more interesting to me, like an organism of another species too. Like, right. that runs a little deep. I mean, which then that makes me think there's another character that we haven't mentioned yet who is the original housekeeper of the Park family, the, oh, the wealthy yes. family. Um, and the big plot twist is that she was the housekeeper for the man who built the house as well. Mm-hmm. But during the time that she was a housekeeper for the previous owner, um, her husband committed crimes and he needed to hide, otherwise he would be killed. So she mm-hmm. is hiding her husband in this secret bunker built in the basement. But no one knows about it. But no one knows about it. And the Park family is now moved in, and she she is now the housekeeper mm-hmm. for the Park family as well. Um, but to, to keep her husband living in the basement, she steals food yeah. from the Park family. So it's so she... There's a lot of parasite right. theme going on here. I mean, there's it's a bottom, a trickle-down kind of approach where the Park family is the, sort of the supplier, and the two families are both feeding off of the Park family. Right. And they have no idea. They're very ignorant to the whole situation. That's what I love about them, though. Yeah. Like, I actually love the mom in the Park family. But <laughs> she's very naive. She's just so, yeah. Just okay. I mean, even I feel bad for her. The husband is the real antagonist of this movie. The, um, the Park family. The husband. Park family, yeah. yes. He's... Cool. He's evil. Who was your favorite character? My favorite character? Yeah. I thought the daughter was, um, she was great. The Kim family the, Of the Kim family. She, yeah. She's the one that. The she, art therapist. Yeah, the art therapist. She forged documents to get this family to get hired yeah. as well. She's actually very talented. That brings me to another point, actually, um, which I read about, was that in, in this story, there's kind of a deception um, not that, like, none of them were really qualified for their, for their positions, but at the same time, a lot of them kind of are. Like, she was kind of, in a way, qualified to be able to be this art teacher, and she really mm-hmm. did get away with doing it well. Um, and, you know, the father was able to drive well. They were all doing a pretty w- good job, but the, the tension comes from the fact that they are very different social statuses. And, and the, the, the Park family expects the Kim family, they don't, they don't understand where, that they're actually very poor. 
Right. Um, and that and that would be where the the tension is coming from, um, which I think is very interesting. But anyways, um, the I really like the daughter. I think that she she has this kind of you know not caring attitude, but does her job very well. She convinces the mother that she's doing this crazy art therapy. She convinced me. I had yeah. no idea. I was like, I didn't know that she was disqualified. And yeah. then she gets back to her house and her parents were like, so what did what did you tell, uh-huh. you know, how, how did you convince her that you're an art therapist? And she was like, I just looked she up something on up. the internet. She convinced me. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, I liked her a lot. But, yeah, who was your favorite character? My favorite was, again, from the Kim family, the mm-hmm. dad. Played by Kim yeah. Ho Song. That was very good. Um, I just knew right away he was the first real element of humor to me, at least, in the opening yeah. scene. The first scene in the movie is of the Kim family in their house. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just, I don't know, his relationship with his wife. Mm. Um, he knows he's not providing for his family, but he also has this respect for his kids. Mm-hmm. That's really just all the dynamics are so interesting with him. But specifically, the actor, I thought he did such a great job. And he, I, I looked up other movies that he had done or he has done, and he's worked with the same director before, Bong Joon Ho. Mm-hmm. He's in like four, four, or maybe even more than four of his other movies, which now I really want to watch. He was in Snowpiercer, The Host, Memories of Murder. I want to see how Bong Joon Ho has yeah. written for him for these other movies, because a lot of directors do this where they start having this collection of actors that they write for, mm-hmm. like Greta Gerwig, you see Timothy Chalamet and Saoirse Ronan now, John Hughes had Molly Ringwald, so I'm interested in seeing how he plays the characters in the other movie, or just how Bong Joon-ho writes for him. Mm-hmm. I just, I think it's great, I wanna see more of what he does, yeah, so. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, this is also the only um, fully Korean film that I've seen, like I've never really gone into this and I really should. I, I really enjoyed Parasite, and I need to see more of um, Bong Joon-ho's movies because I've heard really good things about his other films as well. Um, but going back to The Father, um, another thing I th- found interesting, in the beginning of the movie, I really did expect um, the family to be not okay with this height. Like, So the, the son goes, and he has this idea of like infiltrating the family. Right. And he comes back, and the whole family's just kind of immediately on board with it. And it right. makes me think, like, they've been probably doing things like this for a while. Like, there's probably yeah. been some sort of... They've been scheming and trying to figure out how to get money in, in different ways mm-hmm. for a long time now because it seems like they've accepted that... I mean, this goes into, like, um, how this movie some uh, kind of take on capitalism and, and lack of um, movement in social structure and social change mm-hmm. and... and um, it seems like they're pretty accepting of their place in society and they're kind of doing what they can to to make money. They're, they scheme pretty hard. It doesn't seem like yeah. the first time they're doing this, though. It, it, in some ways, it does seem like a parent-child relationship, but in other scenes, they're complete equals. Yeah, yeah. Don't you think? Like, yes, it, absolutely. Right? The, um, it's, it is interesting. The father, he doesn't really have a complete hold on... Um, you know the family they're all kind of right. very they are very equal that's that's very true there's no i mean at some points the son I and mean, he's the one who initiates it he kind of takes leadership right and control of the situation well, you'd expect the dad and the family yeah. to to do that and he's just sitting there mm-hmm. and he's the worst at folding pizza boxes yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like this goober yeah. <laughs> like, i don't know how else to, how else to describe him yeah i don't know but 
I just loved him. Like he's he's great. Really, he's a he's a really direct um, juxtaposition to the the Park family father. Yeah, he's, he's the complete opposite. Their family dynamic is very different, um, which is what makes this movie so interesting. Yeah. Do you, did you have a favorite scene? I do, I do. Let's I wish we it. could show it. I wish we could have visual for this because this. They can the, look it up. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure everyone remembers. If you've seen this movie, you'll remember this scene. This this scene stuck with me for a couple of days. Um, but it's a scene where um, the mother uh, of the Park family is explaining to... I forget who she's explaining. She's explaining to someone why... Uh, I think the daughter. I she's, think the daughter. A, she's explaining to the daughter who is pretending to be yes. an art therapist. Yes. Yeah. Um, the trauma... Because the, 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 the uh, youngest child of the Park family the son um, has gone through some traumatic experience and she's explaining it to him as, as if it, she doesn't really believe it, but she thinks that, you know, he experienced something and, and he's dealing with it. She's explaining that one night when he was out, he uh, eating the cake, his mm-hmm. birthday cake in the, in the kitchen, he saw a ghost. Uh, so what, you know, she explains it as, but we see, we see as the audience what actually happened. And it's the, the, the man living in the basement, the maid's husband, the maid's husband, Who's locked? Who's who's locked down there? He he sneaks up, and you just the scene is oh, it's so creepy. Even thinking about <laughs> you just see the because it's on a stairwell, so you see just the top of his head peek out, and slowly he comes up until you just see his eyes, and he's got these really round eyes, and it's a very symmetrical shot, um, and the kid is on the floor eating the cake, just staring at these <laughs> eyes, um, and it's very chilling. Um, and that's definitely my favorite. That's yeah. definitely my favorite scene in that movie. It stuck with me for a long time. Uh-huh. Um, and I think it might have something to do with the the title. I mean, not the title. The posters with the eyes covered. I, I don't know oh, if they... Maybe. maybe. there's some sort of connection there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if that, <laughs> that scene was something else. What was your favorite scene? Mine was the montage scene. I'm not going to describe this well. With the peach. The peach fuzz. <laughs> yeah. Right? So... so the the Kim family decides that basically the, the son is now the tutor, the daughter is now the art therapist, and the dad of the Kim family is now the chauffeur mm-hmm. for the Park family. And now they want their mother in the house as well. As the maid. As the maid. But as we've said before, the maid that the Park family currently has is very well established. Mm-hmm. She has been there since the house was built. And they find out that she's allergic to peaches. Yes. So, and every time she's near peach, like, fuzz or anything, she starts coughing, has an allergic reaction, mm-hmm. the whole thing. And so the daughter and the son both get peaches somehow near her, and she starts coughing like crazy, and they convince the mom of the Park family that she has tuberculosis mm-hmm. and isn't telling them because she's afraid she's going to get fired. But the scene itself of how they orchestrate the plan is so incredible. Mm. And it reminds me of, like, a, a heist movie scene. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah. Like, I told you I watched Die Hard the past yeah. weekend. It was like it was like that. Mm-hmm. Like, how when the robbers are first getting to Nakatomi Plaza. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt like that. It's just perfectly orchestrated. And when it finally resolves, and then the, the mother from the Kim family isn't, it's just like, what did I just... It was incredible. Yeah. Seamless. And, and as the the shots are like going, it, it gets um quicker and quicker. Mm-hmm. Each cut, a, as 
once they get to the end, it gets quicker and quicker. And so your heart is just racing. It's like, are they going to kill her? Like, what's yeah. going to happen, you know? I'm telling you, it's not their first time doing this. <laughs> they, oh, my gosh. It is, they handled that very well. Like, it's it's such an – it was the turning point for me. Yeah. Like, wow, okay, these guys – are they evil? Like, what's yeah. what's going on in their mind right now? But then the scene is so mesmerizing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't – I kept rewinding it. Well, I want to talk about something you brought up to me the other day, which I thought was a very interesting point, um, that Parasite – you made some connections to Tarantino. Oh, yeah. And the way that the there's a big, long... Build. I mean, I, I directly connected it to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in the way that the there's a very long setup um, to build to this very violent conclusion. End. right. Um, in the same way that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood did. <laughs> I think that there is definitely a connection there, and I think there's maybe some inspiration um, in the way that the, the movie built and then led to that really intense last scene um which Which is do you want to describe it yeah i'll describe it the 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 man living in the basement um who's very very bloody his face is all destroyed from previous battles um he comes up the of the stairs and he's looking for revenge pretty much um and he comes out he uses a rock Mm -hmm. the rock which does has he some use symbolism. The rock? Yeah, to for it to. A knife. I don't know. Oh, he does use a knife, but a knife. at first okay. he um, knocks down the son of the Kim family. Oh right, right. Yeah, With the rock. Yeah, yeah. yes. Um, gives him brain damage. Um, that's that's kind of a. I hate watching that. I hated watching that scene. He, right. they, they don't. They don't. They show everything. They just show him throwing the rock on his head. We should probably say before we talk about the yeah. ending that the Kim family, so kind of the lower class family, and then yeah. the um. The maid and her husband, once they realize what each other's families are doing, they fight. Yes. They, and they want to fight to the death because they both want to be the be the parasite. parasite. <laughs> yeah, they want to both leech off this this uh, Park family, and it's starting to look like there isn't enough room for the both of them. Right. Um, but he comes out of the basement. Um, he doesn't kill the son of the, the Kim family, but he, he does, you know, there's a lot of blood and it's very gross or very disturbing to watch. Uh, he comes out into the kitchen. He grabs a knife. Um, just like his, just his face is bloody and looking terrifying. He walks out into the, the birthday party and stabs. The little boy's birthday party, right? The little boy's birthday party. Um, and he stabs uh, the daughter of the Kim family. Right. The art therapist. The art therapist. Um, which doesn't really make sense. I mean, I I guess he was just crazy at this point. And yeah, I don't think he had seen daylight. No, he had not seen daylight in a very long in time. In a while. Um, he comes out and immediately stabs her. Um, and chaos ensues. Well, actually, he walks out. The little boy sees him, mm-hmm. right, and has a seizure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And so they're they're all trying to save the boy, but yeah. then he stabs the daughter, mm-hmm. and then the father from the Kim family, while he, he's trying to save his daughter, but the Park family doesn't know that it's his daughter because yes. they lied to get these jobs, and so he's trying to save his daughter while the Park family dad is yelling at him to drive them or call an ambulance. Because other people got injured in this as well. Right. So who else got stabbed? The um, the the mother kills the man the, the the basement guy right is that who he she she like stabs there's a lot this mm-hmm. scene is very like it goes a by lot so happens. quick it happens very quick and a lot happens and i watch it again and i'm still yeah 
But the daughter is dead. Um, and the father of the Kim family, the father of the daughter, is, is over her just, you know, traumatized because his daughter's dying. And right. the, the father of the Park family is, is yelling at him to drive, um, help him drive to the, the hospital. His son. His son, so yeah. His son to the hospital because he's having a seizure. Yeah. The maid's husband. Yep. He's been living in the basement of the Park family home for a very long time, and he's kind of grown delusional, yeah. uh, and he has this high respect for the dad of the Park family who owns the house mm-hmm. that he's living in. And when he finally sees Mr. Park for the first time in the backyard, he's overwhelmed, and Mr. Park goes over to see him and realizes he smells bad because he's been living in a basement for how long. Yeah. Mr. Kim sees his reaction and then kills Mr. Park. He was reacting to the man? Yeah. The man smell? Oh, okay. So okay. Mr. Park yeah, has no idea. Sense. Mr. Park has no idea who this guy is who's like groveling. He, this is already when he's on the 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 dead or on the ground, like pretty much dead. He's been stabbed and he comes over I think. The the maid's husband. Yeah. Yeah. And then but he's saying, like, oh, my gosh, Mr. Park, it's you, mm-hmm. something like that. And when Mr. Park goes over to see who it is, he has no idea who this person is. He he kind of, not scoff, but he turns away Covers because of nose. how bad he smells. But the, the, father the, the, the father of the Kim family knows how much yeah. respect that the maid's husband has mm. for Mr. Park. And because Mr. Park does that, Mr. Kim gets so angry that he stabs him. There we go. That's it. <laughs> Took <laughs> and, a little bit, but we got there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a very complicated, fast scene where a lot of things happen. And after that, the, the father, he has nowhere else to go. It's either, I mean, it's either he goes to jail or he goes down to the basement and takes the spot of the the old, the maid's husband in the basement. Right. Um, that's what he does. He goes into the basement and he ends up living there um, to avoid the police. Um, and it's kind of a full circle. Yeah, that was very, that that was the most Tarantino. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did did any other elements surprise you in the movie, or was that the most shocking? Um, the I I kind of wish that there was a little bit more, a little bit more su- surprise to the the reveal of the the basement. I mean, it was pretty really, shocking, yeah. but when it, the way it happened was the maid comes back to the house after she's been fired, after the Kim family pretty much got her fired. And she comes back and she says, I need to get something in the basement. I need to get something in the basement. And they take her and she goes down and you're kind of like, what is happening? What is happening? Right. And that's where that that whole thing is revealed. The, the Kim family is standing on the stairs of the basement trying to listen in on on what's happening in, in, in there and falls in and there's a whole uh, altercation. Um, but I do wish that there was maybe a little bit more build up to that maybe a little more like suspense and what's going on with you know um but in terms of surprises the flood the that flood, was pretty yeah that was, i was you mentioned that. that too the water yeah the water in the movie is beautiful but it also causes so much destruction for them yeah the kim family's house which we said before it's kind of like it's like a lower level basement but they can see out into the street mm-hmm. from this big window and they go back to their house one day and it's completely flooded. Yeah. But it's a really beautiful scene. Yeah. Even though it's just ruined there. It it um I was not expecting that. I mean, there already a lot of things are already going wrong at this point. 
And I was kind of surprised that there would be another curveball. They lose pretty much all of their um, possessions, which puts them, I think it puts even more pressure on to really commit to this Park family idea of taking over this family because they need stuff. They need money. They need um, a place to live. Um, And they they wake up in in like a shelter because they don't have a house anymore. Right. There was something that I think I mentioned to you before. There's something that surprised me, which was, or it caught me off guard, I should say. I don't know Mm -hmm. if it really surprised me. But the youngest sibling in the Park family, the little boy who we mentioned his birthday party before, he is the one who has the art therapist, the fake art therapist. Uh, He, quote unquote, has an obsession with Indians. Yes. That just completely caught me off guard. Yeah. I was, and it's a whole other layer. I just I don't think I've heard children being like dressing up as Native American or Indians mm-hmm. since you you really don't hear about that unless you're talking about in a context of cowboys and Indians or yeah. something like that. It just completely threw me off guard. I don't know I don't know the and the parents are so oblivious yeah. <laughs> to what they were letting him do because of this obsession. And I found a quote from, Mm -hmm. um, and it says, the Native Americans have a very complex and long, deep history, but in this family, the story is reduced to a young boy's hobby and decoration. That's what happens in our current time. The context and meaning behind these actual things only exists at a surface level thing. Uh I was like, wow. Yeah, It it was just such an interesting thing that he he put it, he could have had the the little boy interested in anything else. Uh But he chose that, and it just spoke even more about the parents, mm-hmm. and that they're just kind of oblivious people. They're just letting it happen. Yeah, they they. She doesn't do any sort of research. She doesn't. Mm-hmm. The mother. She just kind of goes along with whatever happens, and yeah, that really I mean, did there's, that. There's so many layers to the the amount, like the the oppression and and like the the class disparity between the Park family and the Kim family is so severe. And I think this that's just kind of another level of it. Of now we're going to incorporate Native Americans who, and kind of it, the way it's not very tasteful. I mean, they're, they're not openly like disrespectful of Native American, but it's kind of you know yeah. to, to very it's kind of ignorant to just have a Native American birthday party for your son um, without any. There's no really historical context. It's, right. It was it's just, just it was just strange to me. I yeah. don't know. I mean, it definitely is. I think very intentional. I mean, it obviously was intentional, um, but it, it does add that other layer of of class almost, um, and yeah. just the the Park family being so oblivious to the fact that they are kind of living in their own world in their own heads, and they just have money, and they're born they're kind of just living in that their own bubble, right? Um, and they're being severely taken advantage, yeah, of by two different families, and they have no idea. Yeah, that that just really it caught me off guard. Uh-huh. Like I, when it happened, I paused the movie. Yeah. It's like, wow. I don't know, but I also wanted to talk about the cinematography. Yeah. In the movie specifically because it's incredible, and I did you? I mean, you definitely noticed this as well. Yeah. Um, when the difference in the the houses mm-hmm. where the two families reside, you have the Kim family. Uh, in this very claustrophobic mm-hmm. space, basically in a basement. No pun intended, since this movie, they, <laughs> they have a huge fight in a basement. But then you have 
the Park family in this very airy, like some of the walls are glass, like beautiful yeah. house, but the camera reflects that as well. Because when you have scenes that are in the Kim family house, mm-hmm. it's almost like the camera is confined by the walls. If it it feels like if it goes left or right, it's gonna hit something. And yeah. they're always together in that house. They're not really ever spread out. Mm-hmm. And then in the Kim house, I mean, in the Park house, uh, the camera feels free flowing, like it has no boundaries. Mm-hmm. It almost seems to go through walls, go, I don't know, I just thought that was yeah, I wish yeah. we spent more time in the Kim house. There wasn't a lot. Of, I mean, we, we we start the movie in there, um, and there's a few other scenes in there. But I really liked. I really. I don't know. The scenes in the, in the that house were that location. Like you, they're sitting in their living room, and you look out the windows, and you're. It's just right on the street, and they have problems like some drunk man peeing outside their window, and right. like it's it's just like a very integrated house with the rest of the street. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, a really cool setup. The the bathroom um the um is like has a weird elevated platform and I think the toilet's on that. So it's like uh you have to it's like a crawl space and that's actually the only place where the Wi Fi works. Um so they crouch up there to do their, you know, go on their phones. Um but I I don't know. I just really I kinda wish there was more time spent in there. It was very uh, unique and um, looked, it looks amazing and yeah. I mean the the park house is also obviously you know it's beautiful um, really well designed I think it was perfect for this movie um, yeah something else I I watched a bunch of videos on the cinematography of this movie because it is really incredible uh-huh. uh, and someone this isn't my own idea someone else n- <laughs> noted that in a lot of the shots he mixes um he mixes wide medium and close-up shots all in the same like cohesive mm. shot so there's a scene uh at the kim house when the kids it's i think it's the opening scene where the art therapist the girl and the fake tutor the boy of the kim family are trying to um mooch off of their neighbor's wi-fi yeah and the camera, there's a long shot to see the kids, and then it kind of pans, and you have a medium shot of the room itself, and then it's a close-up of the mom who ducks her head in. Yeah. And it, it happens a lot in the movie if you look back. And, and then also leading up to when the Kim family actually, the Kim family actually lives in the house for a month or so because the Park family goes away for a short time. And they're living in the house, and that's when the maid shows up. They don't live there for a month. I, I thought, I thought that, it, it, it's like a, a week or two weeks or something like that. Oh, I didn't realize it was that long of a period of time. I kind of assumed it was like a day or two. Oh. I could I be wrong. Because don't they, don't they show up and then it's raining and then they... Yeah, they're, they, su- they're supposed to stay there for an extended period okay. of time, though. Gotcha. I'm pretty sure. But up until that part where they're all calm and they're living in this beautiful house that isn't mm-hmm. theirs, the camera slowly, in each shot, slowly zooms in. Mm-hmm. Each scene, it happens. Uh, and it just, I don't know, like makes your heart race. I didn't really notice it at first. And when I went back and watched specific scenes, the camera just keeps moving in and moving in and moving in and and then it cuts to the next one. And slowly as time passes on that scene, it gets closer and closer. And I think, you know, during that scene, while they're in the living in that house, you know, it's coming and it definitely 
like I, the suspense in that house is like they're living in this house. The family is going to come back. Like the Park family yeah. is going to come back, and they're going to have to figure out what happens. And that's what is what happens. Um, which, oh, man, movies like this just put me on edge. I know. There's a lot more I think we could say about it, but like. I I suppose this might be a little confusing our descriptions to someone who hasn't yeah. seen the movie, but hopefully everyone's okay. be listening. If you haven't watched it, oh my gosh, it's it's yeah. incredible. Every person I've talked to has loved it. Yeah, I loved it very much. Is there anything else that you wanted that like you really wanted to talk about, or? Um, I think that I think that is pretty much every everything I have. I think we went over all the main notes that I had. Yeah, so we wanted to introduce a new segment yeah. uh, that we'd like to have on every episode, uh, and it's movie of the week. So a movie mm-hmm. that we watched that this week or last week uh, that we wanted to talk about and possibly feature in feature for a full episode. Yeah. So what's yours? What did you watch this week? Uh, this week I watched something kind of out of my typical realm of movies that I watch, uh, District Nine, which is a science fiction movie. Um, I watched it for my science fiction class. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty much about uh, an alien ship comes to Earth, and it's you know everyone's freaking out like what do we do? And the aliens come down and they pretty much try to become you know a part of the civilization. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, Who's it, in it? it gets pretty it it gets out of control. I'm I'm not even sure. I haven't I, seen it. Did it just when did it come out? Do you know? I can look up that yeah, right look now. It, up. it came out 2009. Um, is when it came out. Let me see. I, I didn't really recognize anyone in the cast. The main actor is uh, Charlotte, Charlotte Copley. Hmm. Um, I don't really know who that is, but he he's the main guy, and he pretty much, he gets infected, um, and ends up becoming part of the alien. You know, it it, it goes pretty complicated. But the thing I liked about the most about the movie is it had a lot of really um, under undertones of immigration and and like people the the term alien almost was kind of um really emphasized as like goes a lot deeper than what we just think of it on the surface level mm-hmm. um i mean people think of these things as disgusting monsters but it's like is are they really any different like a lot of different a lot of different themes throughout the movie that it was shot like a documentary um which is always pretty entertaining you know because it had a lot of comedic like surfs up yeah, like surfs up. <laughs> uh, a lot of good comedic moments. Um, where because the the main character's name is uh, Wickus. He's kind of a, kind of an idiot. He's not very bright, and he's just kind of he's put in charge of pretty much handling evicting all the um, aliens from this the place that they're living. And he's mm-hmm. it's funny him going around asking them to sign eviction notices, and these aliens are coming in the door like, "What are you saying?" Yeah, um, I have to watch it. Yeah, it's it's an experience. It gets. Honestly, it got kind of a little bit out of control for me a little bit. Um, the ending was a little bit much for me, but I thought it was a really unique movie. I thought it had really cool, um, as I said, different themes that you wouldn't quite, are so obvious, but when you really think about it, it's like, okay, there's a lot of like immigration kind of in, in, involved in this movie and um, how people deal with outsiders and the term alien and is it really a negative thing? Is it, you know... How should we deal with people that don't look like le- uh, look like us, or I mean, in this case, creatures? And yeah, I don't know. I'd recommend it. It's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, it's a pretty cool movie. What's cool. your movie? I watched a biopic this week, which 
I'm not a huge biopic person, uh-huh. but it's called Love and Mercy, and it's the story of Brian Wilson from The Beach Boys. Yeah. I don't know why I decided to watch it either. It's just, I, maybe, I don't know. It's just like maybe it came up and recommended or uh-huh. something. I don't know. But it basically alternates between the 1960s and the 80s, mm-hmm. between uh, Brian Wilson writing Pet Sounds for The Beach Boys, and then 20 years later, he uh, is basically over-medicated by, um, by his psychiatrist, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Eugene Landy, or his therapist, mm-hmm. who uh, Brian Wilson signed to be his legal guardian. Uh, and I, it was just really, it was just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to... I I definitely want to see it. I mean, the the Beach Boys. You kind of, like. I mean, I, I only know their music, and yeah. it's very like you know the Beach Boys. It's great. It's very upbeat, very happy, and, and like definitely. I'm curious to watch it since like there seems like a lot of dark stuff that happened in his yeah. life. Yeah. Well, Brian Wilson. So it, in the 1960s portion of it, they talk about how he he's hearing voices uh-huh. and he's trying to battle these like inner demons that he has but it's at the same time he's trying to write like the greatest album of all time and that's helping him but it's also uh he's not able to function like he's not he's not able to go perform um or travel with Mm. his brothers in the band and so it's hindering him uh and then it it shows when he took drugs for the first time and then how that affected with the disorder that he had um until the 80s where he's not involved in the band at all his family isn't in contact with him and then him gaining independence from this therapist that's over medicating him it was just really incredible yeah that's a crazy story and i didn't think i told you this before i saw the cover art for it Uh and i i don't for some reason oh yeah it just yeah it just didn't look like it was gonna be sometimes that happens but then it really was john cusack plays uh brian wilson in the 80s and he does a really good job. <laughs> uh, it's a very corny cover. Right. It's kind of a shame. I don't know. But my favorite scene is when they're recording the song Good Vibrations. Yeah. And Brian Wilson throughout their, uh, they're, you know, building up, or he's building up, like, I'm hearing this music in my head and he can't figure out how to do it. And then he starts bringing in all these classical instruments and yep. he's like working the other beach boys way too hard they're totally done with him but he's completely ignoring <laughs> him making them do harmonies over and over and over and over again they're at their breaking point and they show the scene where he finally puts it all together and it just looks like he's he finally feels some relief but then it's just back to oh. him trying to create again wow. uh it, it was just really yeah it, it was really really good yeah. I've, i'm gonna watch it again uh and then in Love and Mercy is a song written by Brian Wilson uh-huh. and they play it during the credits and it's just very it was really really good wow I highly recommend it. I'm gonna watch that yeah yeah I think that's Alrighty. all that we have for today right yeah yeah I guess next time on The Real Deal we're gonna be doing an episode about the director and writer John Hughes known oh. for Home Alone Ferris Bueller Pretty in Pink and many other cult classics I'm so excited yeah and this is you've been wanting this <laughs> one for so a long excited. time I know well we talked about Ferris Bueller last week because yeah. he watched it um and I just can't he's he's convinced me that all the best movies are filmed in Chicago so we're gonna break that down see if mm-hmm. it's actually true but tune in next time and thank you so much for listening thank you